0: This is Law Bites, a podcast with Michael Geist.
1: 4.2 allows the CRTC to prescribe by regulation user uploaded content subject to very explicit criteria.
2: That is also in the act.
3: When it comes to section 4.2, we've heard a lot of comments again about what is regulated or what is not regulated. Can you clarify again that content is not regulated?
1: Absolutely. It, it is it is not. The
0: debate over Bill C-11, the Online Streaming Act, seems likely to come to an end this week, at least in the House of Commons. Last week, the government introduced a motion to put an end to committee debate and set tight timelines for any further review or discussion. Assuming the motion passes later today, proposed amendments will be due by the end of the day, June 13th. Those amendments will be considered in what is known as clause by clause review on June 14th, with a limited number of hours allotted for the discussion. Now, if the MPs run out of time, as they almost surely will, the committee will simply vote on all remaining proposed amendments. Those amendments won't be publicly disclosed. There will be no opportunity for department officials to comment or answer questions. There will be no debate and no opportunity for sub-amendment. For those that paid attention to the battle over Bill C-10 last year, this is the secret amendment sequel where MPs vote on non-public changes to the bill. Now, according to the government's timeline, over the next few days that follow that, there will be report stage and third reading. And by the end of the week, the House of Commons will likely have passed Bill C 11. For those concerned with the bill, with the government's promise of committee independence, or even the basic elements of democratic review, all of this is not great news. The bill is unlikely to pass through the Senate before the summer, so it isn't clear what the rush is, other than providing Canadian Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez with a sort of mission-accomplished moment of having got the bill through the House. Before it becomes forgotten, I thought I'd devote this podcast to the House committee hearings on the bill. There are many voices and perspectives the committee didn't hear. Indigenous voices, community radio, platforms such as TikTok or Spotify among them. There are others that did appear, largely to cheerlead for the bill, but you won't hear them on this podcast. Much of their questioning involved Liberal MPs asking for reaffirmation about why they loved the bill or how the Broadcasting Act was important. It wasn't particularly compelling theatre. But at least this time, there were YouTubers, TikTokers, independent experts, and others that left little doubt about the implications of the bill for user content. The clip that started this podcast is probably the most heard takeaway. CRTC Chair Ian Scott confirming that the bill includes the power to develop regulations on user generated content, and Minister Rodriguez claiming wrongly that it isn't in the bill. This campaign of gaslighting has been nothing if not persistent, and the minister's claim at the same hearing regarding concerns about misinformation on the bill, nothing if not ironic. But there is more to take away from the hearing than just a minister forfeiting his credibility as he's contradicted by his own CRTC chair. I'd like to point to three issues in this podcast. First, the myriad of perspectives on user content, starting with the creators themselves. In order, here's Morgan Fortier, who you heard on a previous Law Bites podcast, Orbi Roy, Justin Tomchuk, and JJ McCullough.
4: Bill C-11 is not an ill-intentioned piece of legislation, but it is a bad piece of legislation. It's been written by those who don't understand the industry they're attempting to regulate, and because of that, they've made it incredibly broad. It mistakes platforms like YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook for broadcasters like the CBC, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. It doesn't understand how the platforms operate and it ignores the fundamental importance of global discoverability. And worst of all, section 4.2 hands sweeping power to the CRTC to regulate the internet use of everyday Canadians and small business like mine who are not even associated with broadcasters.
5: Ms. Roy, it's, it's been made clear by uh, the chair of the CRTC, Mr. Scott, that user-generated content is in fact in, that it can be regulated. The CRTC does have the power to do so. Now, of course, they're trying to assure us that they are not going to, um, but nevertheless, the provision is there. What, what does that do to you?
6: It's like cutting off my arms and trying to skateboard. It's, it's just going to make things a little bit harder. Although it is possible, it's just going to make things a little bit harder. I think once people try to interfere with me telling my story, I get silenced. And I'm talking based on decades of experience. I know what it looks like to get silenced, and this is what's happening. You cannot regulate the open internet. It just seems so shocking to me. And that's what's going to happen, and there, and I don't see any fa- many faces I don't see many faces on the CRTC that uh, look like me, so um, i don't I don't have any faith.
5: Help me understand that last comment you made. You don't see many faces that look like you. What do you mean?
6: Well, here today, and also um, on the CRTC, I mean, I looked at the panel and I, I looked at the people on the, the panel, and I just don't think that there are a lot of people that look like me. And I just don't think that my views and are gonna be represented. I mean, people can stand here and talk about people of color but I'm actually a person of color saying, I don't feel that, my, that, I'm, that regulation is gonna work in my favor. And that's based on a lot of experience.
3: Our channels have highlighted Canadian products for the world to see and purchase. Unfortunately, Bill C-11 will make that more difficult and potentially uh, destroy our uh, visibility internationally. Bill C-11 implies vague changes to these platforms to prioritize Canadian content to Canadians, but it would in turn deprioritize Canadian content to an international audience. The social media platforms cannot allow Canadian content to enjoy heightened exposure to Canadians without detracting exposure internationally, as it creates an uneven playing field on the platform. Less Canadian content would be shown globally as a result. Secondly, the recommendation algorithms consider whether or not a viewer stays to watch the content and for how long. Forcing Canadians to watch CanCon content through recommendations will result in lower audience retention, as the recommendations would no longer be based on their interests. This further deranks a video's standing and damages visibility, and thus, this bill would hurt the exact content that it's trying to promote.
7: Much of the debate around Bill C-11 has centered on so-called user-generated content, which is often implied to mean frivolous social media posts. But section 4.2 states that government is interested in regulating content that, quote, generates revenues, which describes the sort of videos professional YouTubers create. Regardless, it is important to understand that it is simply impossible to regulate a platform like YouTube without also regulating creator content. It's like promising not to regulate books while regulating what can be sold in bookstores
0: associations and companies also spoke out on the issue. Here's Jeanette Patel of YouTube, Scott Benzie of Digital First Canada, Patrick Rogers of Music Canada, and Matt Hatfield of Open Media.
4: Some believe that we want to avoid all regulation. This is not true. In fact, when the minister says that an official song by the weekend on YouTube should be subject to the act, we have no objection to that. And we certainly have no objection to further financially contributing to Canadian content. Our concern is that Bill C-11 gives the government control over every aspect of Canadian's experience on YouTube. It does not include effective guardrails on either the powers given to the CRTC or the content to which those powers apply. And
2: when I say content, I mean all content, whether that's a dance
4: challenge, a cat video, or an official music video by Charlotte Cardin. It's written, the CRTC could determine what content should be promoted in Canada through discoverability obligations, and how Canadian creators advertise against their content. This approach puts the regulator between viewers and creators, handing the CRTC the power to decide who wins and who loses. Bill C-11 could deeply hurt Canadian creators and viewers. For viewers who rely on us, to serve them content that is relevant to their interests, artificially forcing an open platform like YouTube to recommend content based on government priorities would backfire. It imposes supply-side measures onto a demand-based technology and ignores two critical features of today's digital reality. First, Canadians have infinite choice. If the government mandates that they be recommended content that is not personally relevant they will simply abandon the video or even give it a thumbs down. And the second is that these behaviors train our systems and that's where the risk to creators comes in. The system learns that this content is not relevant or engaging for viewers and then it applies those lessons on a global scale. It means that ultimately creators boosted in Canada as CanCon, could be demoted in search results around the world, and that is a terrifying prospect for Canadian creators who depend on international audiences for over 90% of their watch time.
2: Turning to the bill, we support the bill as the Minister describes it. We agree when he says the CRTC should not regulate the algorithms of online services or user-generated content. We hope the committee will clarify the bill text to clearly reflect the Minister's intent. The committee has now heard about the CRTC's potential to reach into algorithms and to regulate user-generated content. That wiggle room in the bill, compared to the minister's certainties, was at first confusing. But following the outgoing chair of the CRTC's testimony here, that wiggle room is concerning. This can be fixed by honing the language of the bill to reflect the minister's stated intent. The bill can be amended to clarify the prohibition on the CRTC regulating algorithms and the language regarding professional content can be sharpened to reflect the minister's statement of no cat videos.
7: By the letter of the legislation, UGC is in the bill. We haven't seen a policy directive. We don't know what the policy directive's gonna say. Um, and you know, policy directives can change with another government, another heritage minister, whenever. Um, so it really leaves us in an uncomfortable position of uncertainty around our work and around our line of businesses. And I don't think that's fair. And all, you know, all we've been asking for is to be written into the legislation to reflect what the minister is saying and i don't think that should be a difficult lift honestly i don't i i I cannot tell why um, those clauses are still in there it benefits nobody i I think that uh canadians ultimately want something that expands their choice not that limits their choice and the kind of really heavy-handed uh provisions that certainly in c10 and to a degree in c11 as well are still here Are about limiting people's choices are about manipulating the options that people get Uh, i mean as i said in in my opening remarks we would never ever consider a situation where the canadian government would go to canadian bookstores and say like we've thought about what, what canadians need and these are the types of titles we want you to put in your front window and yet through the discoverability requirements that we have in this legislation that seems to be what we're doing through this legislation it's inappropriate it's an overreach and so if we're supporting canadian content it needs to be in ways that are actually respectful of and responsive to what people in Canada actually want.
0: Finally, a couple clips on the legal certainties and uncertainties. I'll start with my own opening on why the legal provisions cover user content and include a long exchange between Minister Rodriguez and Conservative MP Rachel Thomas, in which Rodriguez repeatedly refuses to address the question of revenue thresholds for determining what constitutes commercial content. When Minister Rodriguez introduced this bill, he stated, we listened to the concerns around social media and we fixed it. With respect, many of the concerns remain intact. While the section 4.1 exception for user content was reinstated, the addition of section 4.1 sub two and 4.2, which together provide for the prospect of CRTC regulations on user content were added. The bottom line is that user content is treated as a program and the CRTC is empowered to create regulations applicable to programs that are uploaded to social media services. Non-commercial user generated content may be out, but user content that generates even indirect revenue is subject to potential inclusion within the regulations. As you just heard, you don't need to take my word for it. As you know, when asked at this committee last week about whether the bill included the potential for regulating user content, CRTC Chair Ian Scott acknowledged that as constructed, there is a provision that would allow us to do it as required. You may ask why any of this matters. Bill C 11 permits the creation of regulations on the presentation of programs to the public. And since it treats all audiovisual content anywhere in the world as a program, the potential regulatory scope is vast. Those regulations identify but aren't limited to discoverability.
5: Minister, you keep using the term, quote, commercial content. Is that in the bill?
1: Commercial content? Yes. Is- commercial content. It's it's what we're trying to define to see if it's replacing or not, things that you see So elsewhere. commercial
5: content is a legal term used in the bill?
1: It's a term used in the bill, yes.
5: Okay, and, and what? how do you define commercial content?
1: Well, we said we're giving guidance to the CRTC based on if the revenues based uh, if you find this elsewhere and the unique numbers. So it's not one of the three. We're giving this to the CRTC, and they have to take those three in consideration with the draft, the legislation, the, the, the regulations.
5: Okay, and what what is that revenue that you're looking for in order no to know threshold. whether or not there's it's no, going to be regulated?
1: There's, not a number. It has there's no number. There's no number. No, no, no. So, who
5: will determine that number? It has
1: nothing to do with a number. No. It's, oh. it's not a determination Minister, of a number. Mr. You
5: just said that it was based on revenue, whether or not it was commercial yes, content. But, well, if so, what is that revenue there's number? If
1: revenues, the, the CRTC will take those three criterias they will draft the regulations. Mm-hmm that will take in consideration mm-hmm. the three elements. Mm-hmm. So
5: what's what's that revenue cutoff?
1: There's no revenue cutoff. You know that.
5: Well, I'm asking we, you for clarification. When you're saying commercial content is what this bill is going after, what what's that number? How much revenue you, do you, you want them to have to make in order to be counted as commercial content?
1: Because those are direction criteria, given to the CRTC to drop the regulations.
5: So it's up to the CRTC to determine that monetary amount?
1: They're, they're not there to determine an, a specific...
5: They were not going to determine amount, a specific amount.
1: And again, even if an online creator would make a lot of money with it, if it's not used as a substitute or you don't find it on Spotify, it has nothing to do.
5: Minister, sorry, I'm, I'm going to let you clarify once again. How are you going to determine that? Which revenue threshold are you going to determine, whether it's commercial content?
1: Commercial content is go, is more than... Just revenue. It's but, cut, but you said it's that cut. that is one of the three criteria so
5: it's if all three, three have to be just, there Just a second. We,
7: we, do, we do have a point of order. What? Uh, Mr. Biddle on a point of order. I think, uh, Mr. Chair, I think you discussed the talking over the witnesses thing and kind of let it go now a few times but there's been a chronic interrupting of the minister after the question is asked and should be able to answer his questions. Thank you. And we, and we will try to have the question and comments about the same amount as questions um, and, and we will try to keep the uh, microphones one at a time just for the sake of the interpretation. Ms. Thomas,
5: I trust that time is not taken off my clock, um, Minister. I'm, I'm, uh, you're, you're, you're very confusing to those that are watching because, on one hand, you're saying revenue will be accounted for and taken into consideration along with two other criteria, and on the other hand, you're saying no, 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 no revenue doesn't need to be considered. So, can you please be clear? Is revenue going to be considered as one of the criteria to I, determine whether or not content is covered?
1: I, I don't think by this I'm bill? confusing, uh, Miss. Uh, Thomas, I think my, I've been, my question is simple. I think Minister. I've been very clear.
5: What is the revenue threshold? What
1: is the revenue threshold that will have you support the bill? What is Would the you revenue support threshold? the bill in any consideration or never?
5: Minister, my question is toward you. What
1: is the revenue threshold? I told you it's one of the criteria that the. I know no, it's
5: one of the criteria. It's one of the criteria. So what is that criteria? What's that number? What's that revenue threshold?
1: You've, you've asked the same question probably eight times. The same one you filibustered last week. It's not going to get you anywhere.
5: So you I don't know the questions. revenue threshold.
1: I did answer your question. You didn't. What's yes, I the did. number I did then? Eight times.
5: So what's the number? What's the revenue threshold?
1: It's one of the three criteria that the CRTC takes to generate mm-hmm. the regulations mm-hmm. which will apply then. Right. So
5: what is that pla- monetary to, amount to, that you're going to be able to, to determine platform. whether or not it applies to it?
1: <laughs> I've answered your question. You know very well that
5: I I, I don't because yes, it's not do. in Bill C eleven. There's there's no revenue threshold given. What's the monetary amount? If someone makes $100 million in revenue, if someone makes $50,000 in revenue, $30,000 in revenue, what's the threshold? Who's
1: in, who's out? And for online creators, that wouldn't change anything because they're excluded, even if you like to say to people falsely that they're included, they're not.
5: So So in order to determine if someone is producing, quote, commercial content, which is the term you like to use... Even though it's actually not defined in the bill, uh, but Special but you country. get away. It's 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 actually very sneaky of you to use that term here today.
1: Isn't that a um, personal so attack? Commercial, Minister Minister commercial. No, that's not a personal attack. sneaky, No, I would have said it is mister I'm,
5: I'm just asking a very simple question. I'm just asking if you can provide me with that revenue threshold, the monetary I, I, amount.
1: I answer, but I, I don't think that anything that I say I, will have. You I
5: think I missed the monetary amount. Could you give that dollar anything. figure again?
1: You said that this bill needs to die a thousand deaths, Ms. Thomas.
5: Could you give me that monetary so what, amount?
1: What's the point? And you said you that we need to have a to conversation, and I'm
5: trying to have a conversation with you, Mr. Rodriguez. a point
7: of order. Uh, yes, Mr. Biddle, on a point of order. I, I, I hear Ms. Thomas saying she wants a conversation the minister and again for the translators perhaps we should ask a question let the minister answer and not talk over him and we do have about 20 seconds left so miss thomas if you want to take the last uh 20 seconds and
5: i was just hoping that mr rodriguez could give me a dollar figure is that the same question i think it is right what is that dollar figure in order to determine if it is commercial content and therefore captured by this bill?
1: Once the CRTC takes the three criteria to establish regulations, there will also be consultation. I, I recognize so that. All of the discussions One of those criteria
5: happen. is a monetary sure amount. with that, that. That's, that's, the that's the five minutes for that round?
0: No answer. While the discussion on user content is unquestionably the big takeaway from the committee hearings, there are two other issues worth highlighting. First, the myth-busting around Canadian content creation. John Lewis of IATSE, the largest entertainment union in the country, tried to set the record straight in this clip. The IA is the
8: largest union in the entertainment industry, representing 32,000 Canadian creatives and technicians across film, television, and live performance, with another 10,000 creatives working under our agreements as they learn and acquire the skills and certifications necessary for membership. IA members are highly skilled cinematographers, costume designers, aerial riggers, makeup artists, hairstylists, set decorators, scenic artists, and more, all working behind the scenes. In a word, we are the crew. And I first wanna state that the IATSC supports the federal government's efforts to modernize the Broadcasting Act through Bill C-11. We are also pleased that Minister Rodriguez wants to re-examine what should qualify as a Canadian production. So what does make a film or TV production Canadian? Despite what you regularly hear, CanCon is not necessarily about telling Canadian stories. What's happening is that due to dwindling revenues, Canadian media companies are receiving less money from domestic broadcasters. They therefore like to create more funding by having government require global studios and streamers to quote, stop the free ride quote and kick in to fund CanCon productions. The thing is, they already do. Global studios and streamers are the second largest source of financing for Canadian-owned content production, with foreign pre-sales and advances accounting for 15% of total financing. And by comparison, the Canadian Media Fund accounts for 10% and Telefilm accounts for 1%. Minister Rodriguez referenced creating good middle-class jobs as a Bill C-11 objective. Global studios and streamers are now also the largest employers of Canadians working in film. They account for over half, 58% of total production investment in Canada and provide the majority of jobs, 60%.
0: Lewis was supplemented by a presentation from Stéphane Cardin of Netflix.
8: All of these investments add up to Canada remaining one of our top production countries globally. In fact, since 2017, we've invested more than $3.5 billion in Canada for films and series that have launched on Netflix. This includes our own titles, co-licensing agreements with Canadian independent producers and broadcasters, and acquisitions of both classic and new series and films in English and in French. Each of these models contributes to the system.
0: Second, there's the role of the CRTC. On that issue, Monica Auer of the FRPC, Canada's Forum on Research and Policy and Communications, is the recognized expert with decades of experience, including time at the Commission. Here's her take on the gaps in Bill C-11 and in exchange with Liberal MP Chris Biddle on why the bill does indirectly
2: what it can't do directly. Gaps in C-11 will make current serious problems with the CRTC's transparency, accountability and timing even worse. The Section 5 regulatory policy now ignores the public interest and discourages the CRTC from regulating if doing so may be a burden. Yet it is next to impossible for the public to refute claims about future burdens or to make the case for stronger regulation to implement the broadcasting policy. Despite collecting programming data from Canadian radio and TV programming services for how a century, the CRTC has not published such data in decades. C11 should require the CRTC to report annually on Section 3's implementation to enable oversight by Parliament and Canadians alike, and should set a more rational test for undue regulatory burdens. C11 does propose that the CRTC publish relevant evidence before consultations affecting minority language communities, but it should do so before all consultations, and CRTC determinations should be signed by those who make them. As for timeliness, divining when the CRTC will decide matters is now based on guesses or gossip. C11 ignores this problem and makes it worse, since those accused of administrative violations may wait forever to be formally cleared of wrongdoing. The bill should require the CRTC to complete its investigations within a reasonable period.
7: I guess just to follow up in terms of the Minister's statement and their, um, his, um, the direction of the bill and what's been stated in the House and from our party and that there will be policy directives coming forward. Um, if there are policy directives that specifically scope out user-generated content, um, that will can you speak to the CRTZ and that will prohibit them from scoping it back in
2: uh, no, I don't think it would because first of all, I have a great deal of admiration for the legal minds at the commission. If they really want to do something, I think they'll find a way. The second point is that the Commission has already regulated, essentially, users of the broadcasting system through the 1988 online programming guidelines. The Commission did not regulate individuals calling into phone-in shows. It simply regulated the broadcaster's decisions to carry specific individuals calling in. So it did indirectly what it chose not to do directly. That's the point. All you have to do is get the platforms in a room, ask them to develop a code of conduct, and then have somebody enforce a code of conduct whose effect is to regulate users.
0: That's the Law Bites podcast for this week. If you have comments, suggestions, or other feedback, write to lawbites at pobox.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Law Bites Pod or Michael Geist at mgeist. You can download the latest episodes from my website at michaelgeist.ca or subscribe via RSS at Apple Podcast, Google, or Spotify. The Law Bites podcast is produced by Gerardo LeBron LeBoy. Music by the LeBoy brothers, Gerardo and Jose LeBron LeBoy. Credit information for the clips featured in this podcast can be found in the show notes for this episode at michaelgeist.ca. I'm Michael Geist. Thanks for listening and see you next time.